Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guests today are Dr. Lav Cote and Dr. Aaron Carter. Dr. Cote is an assistant professor in the Department of Biological Systems Engineering at Washington State University. He's one of the core faculty members of the Center for Precision and Automated Agricultural System and works in the Agricultural Automation Engineering Research Emphasis Area of the department. His research and extension program at WSU focuses on sensing and automation technologies for site-specific and precision management of production agriculture. Hello, Lav. Hello. Uh, Dr. Carter is an associate professor and OA Vogel Endowed Chair in Wheat Breeding and Genetics in the Department of Crop and Soil Sciences at Washington State University. His research is directed toward breeding improved winter wheat varieties for cropping systems in Washington State that incorporate diverse rotations and environments. The program goal is to release high-yielding, disease-resistant varieties with good end-use quality that will maintain profitability and reduce the risk to growers. Varieties are developed using a combination of traditional plant breeding methods, molecular marker technology, biotechnology, and high-throughput phenotyping. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Drew. How are you today? Pretty good. So I was wondering, how did the two groups, uh, two different departments, two uh, areas of expertise, how did the two of you come together to work on the projects you're working on? Yeah, I think it started a little bit with me. Um, so we had had some projects going with high throughput phenotyping, uh, basically using some handheld sensors. And um, when Lav got here, you know, with his expertise in more of the engineering side and the sensor development, um, I approached him and told him kind of about some of the projects that we had going on where I thought I could use his expertise um, in those projects. So I think he got him a little excited about that and some of the possibilities. And, you know, after that, we just started working on projects and kind of had that continued uh, collaboration ever since. Okay. Yep. So it was just a visit from Aaron. He was uh, convincing enough that he, that you decided to go work in that area. What attracted you to the, the no, so ideas he was... Very simply, we had this drone or small and manual systems emerging and when I had meeting with Aaron and he told some of the problems that we can look at using this technology. And that's what, you know, basically problem and technology coming together is what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the drone sensing, sensing work that uh, the two of you did on wheat emergence. Sure. Um, um, what we did is, you know, at the time we had this small and manual system platform and that time it was just emerging technology. So we didn't have many of these optical sensors that we have today, but what we had is a, um, point-and-shoot camera, basically RGB, converted to get NDVI or green NDVI, uh, vegetation index, basically. And so we wanted to, you know, see how useful that sensor is with drone missions to look at crop emergence in winter wheat, looking at the uh, winter survival, spring stand, and potentially uh, look at the yield estimation aspects a little bit. 
And most of the work that we did was on cooperators that uh, Aaron had in Linden. Colotus. Colotus, yeah. Yeah, so we kind of started out with some of the easier traits to look at with the, you know, the system. And then as the systems have become more complex and we've got better sensors and better devices, we've moved to then some of the more complex okay. traits to look at. Yeah. But so, yeah, for proof of concept, start off easy to see yeah. if it works. So emergence would be something that's easy, it's there, it's not right, there. Right, right. And, and now what are some more of the more complex things that you're looking at? Yeah, you know, at least in wheat, we're, we're starting to look at drought. Um, so water use efficiency in the plant and how that water use actually gets conv- converted to yield potential. Um, also starting to look at some disease resistance screening and can we actually get accurate notes um, potentially even earlier than you can actually visually see the symptoms with some of the sensors. Okay. So where can uh, people use remote sensing in wheat production these days? I know you do a lot of work in the tree fruit area, sure. uh, very high value crops, but what, yeah. what are some of the ideas you have for uh, a wide, broad acre crop like wheat? Well, as as Aaron mentioned, you know, we have to look at the stress related to water, climate maybe, and then mm-hmm. some of the disease uh, aspects, right? So uh, in terms of technology, um, you can use um, uh, simply a thermal imaging sensor and get the aspects of water stress. You know, and thermal imaging gives you an image with a, each pixel in the image is a temperature. Okay. So you can use such imagery there. In terms of going for the disease traits, I think it needs to be more complex sensor. You know, like uh, the sensors that are out in the market, multispectral, um, they can give you like oral signature, but they won't tell you what is what what is causing the stress. Okay. And so, if you have to go for disease, then you have to go for hyperspectral sensing. Uh, the sensors out there uh, simply cannot be flown with the drones as of now. Okay. So we have to do ground research and then find these bands, multispectral bands, and then have the sensor develop for screening certain disease or specific disease okay. and that's where i think uh, we need to go uh, in terms of normal um screening like uh, looking at the stress just not knowing which stress but just stress um, besides you know drone as a remote sensing tool there's a lot of development in terms of what's called low orbiting satellites so now these low orbiting satellites are giving you image um, every other day uh, at 0.7 meter resolution. So you can use, you know, we have high orbiting satellites giving 30 meter per pixel every 14 days. Then we have low orbiting giving 0.7 to 3 or 5 meter resolution and then use drones. So use layers of information in terms of production management. Okay. That's where the, the scope of, you know, the remote sensing is as of today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know as a weed scientist, the idea of figuring out what kind of weed pressure you might have would be of real interest. And is it, you know, does it, is it worthwhile to go out there and spray the whole field or do sure. I just have a little area I should deal with? So yeah. Yeah. that technology would work for something like that as well? Yes, and okay. and, and you can do the remote sensing. And again, there are um, unmanned aerial system platforms that also do surgical spraying. Oh, really? Uh, and so, yeah, uh, so we, you know, there's a company in Seattle, there's, they make certain types of drones and there are other players. So you can use these drones, map the field, and how the GPS guided coordinate coordinated points. You go and just actuate the nozzles to only spray at that spot. So it's surgical spraying or spot spraying can be done with the drones. Yeah. 
<laughs> is what I found, Drew, is sometimes it's only limited by our imagination. <laughs> True. That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of we can do a lot of different things with the systems, like you mentioned, you know, looking at weed pressure, just looking at overall health of the crop across the field. You can start mapping out, you know, nutrient um, deficiencies in the field. I mean, again, it's it's really li- only limited by what we can think of using the technology for. Okay. So um, does WSU offer any training or workshops on drones or data analytics? I I know there's a lot of interest out there, but it's a a little more complicated than just going buying a drone and throwing it up in the air. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nowadays, you know, buying and flying a drone is, is very easy, to be honest, right? Compared to what we had in 2015 or 2016. Uh, yes, and, and, and in terms of workshops, we do offer in my program at CPAS, we have two workshops um, that are offered annually. The first one is a two-day workshop on unmanual systems in agriculture. So in two days, what we do is um, we take d- different types of drone platforms that we have in the market. Uh, we just go through all the parts of the drone, how to how they come together, how they integrate, even in, including optical sensors. And, and basically the idea is, not to you know uh, teach you how to build a drone, but if something goes wrong on the drone, you should be able to at least figure out which part is gone wrong, and you should be able to replace it. Then we do um, hands-on training on how to fly a drone with optical sensor that is there. Uh, we also do what is called um, Part 107, that is the regulation uh, in terms of getting the drone pilot certification to fly the drones um, commercially. So that's what this two-day workshop covers, and we have last two years a very good response to this workshop. The second one is just one day workshop. It is called Drone Data Analytics. And this is more popular than the, the two day workshop because a lot of people are interested in data side of the drones. Okay. Um, and so we do this uh, we, with the help of Pix4D, a company uh, based in San Francisco. It, is a, is a, it, it provides a very simplified um, software to analyze the drone data to create layers of information. And there's another player that is there is uh, MicaSense, a company who develops these multispectral sensors. Uh, based in Seattle. So uh, the instructors come from there and, and me, we do this for one day. We just hands-on training on how to you know, collect quality data, look at the quality of the data, and then analyze the data to create layers of information. That's what we do in one day, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. very good. And how would, how would people find out about that? Is that up on a website somewhere? Yeah, so or? yeah, we, we do have um, uh, on CPAS website that is there. And once, once we finalize the dates, we just try to promote through WSA extension and other venues okay. uh, so that it goes, is go, it goes to our stakeholders. So if they're interested, they can come join us at CPAS, yeah. Okay, so what, is there a web address for CPAS? Yeah, sure. Um, there is a, of course, my webpage is there, but it's part of the um, CPAS website. It is at www.cpaas.wsu.edu. Okay. Yeah. And Aaron, some of this data you're, you've been collecting now, do you see, you know, I, I know when we look at when you're selecting a variety, what its disease rating is, what it's, do you see some kind of new data point that you'd be providing growers? drought, some kind of drought tolerance, or how, how do you see using it in in um, the information you share with growers, I guess, is what I'm asking. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so on the breeding side of it, you know, it can help us do the selections for disease resistance and that I don't know that that would necessarily transfer to a different grower rating. Okay. Right? So you're going to be susceptible or resistant. Um, we might be able to understand a little more, though, about how maybe the plants grow or recover from the disease. 
you know, if you think of something like snow mold, a lot of that tolerance is about regrowing in the springtime and not necessarily a true resistance. So these sensors, we can actually watch the plants growing over time and see which ones regrow faster than another line. So that gives a little more understanding. I think more importantly, it would be like on drought or okay. heat stress where we could actually give ratings to different varieties of how well they can withstand drought, how well they could withstand heat. Um, so, you know, it kind of works in, in different ways depending okay. on what we're looking at. Well, it's really a very interesting technology. And like you said, it's only limited by our imagination these days. And it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. And it's it's neat to see the collaboration between the two of you. I think that's that's really what's going to move the ball forward is uh, collaboration between different disciplines. So yes, yeah. yep. meaningful thank, collaboration. Yep. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.